In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. In the Lab time is right now, and we're excited for this one. I'm Drew Doherty. That's John Harris. And John, last week we teased this week's In the Lab. Oh, yeah. By pointing out Jim McMahon, the quarterback for the Bears, most Jim McMahon's all-time, or not all-time, but some some stretches of his career where his team basically didn't lose games when he started. Yeah. So with that in mind, we wanted to kind of localize things and say, which Texan do you wish could have had a three-year stretch of total health? So you, you can go lots of ways with that. But just as a refresher, check this out. So okay. Jim McMahon, most notable for being the punky QB of the 1985 Bears. Yeah, the Bears. 15-1, yep. one of the greatest teams of all time. The one loss was to the Dolphins in Miami on Monday Night Football. He right. did not start that game. He Correct. played in a little – did not start that game. In fact, that season, he only started 11 games. Right. 11-0, though. Every game he started, they won. Mm-hmm. The next year, 86, only started six games. But they were 6-0 in those games that he started. So, in a two-year stretch, he was 17-0. Right. In 84, he was 7-2 and two as a starter, and then he went 5-1 and one in 87. So think about that. In a one, two, three, four-year span, he lost five games total right. as a starter. His team lost Correct. five games total as a starter. He played a long time in the NFL. All time, his teams were 67-30 and 30 yeah. as a starter. So he's with the Bears, 82-88. to 88. Forgot about that season in uh, San Diego with the Chargers in '89. He went four and seven, or his teams did he went four and seven. But then he was with the Eagles '91, eight and three as a starter with them. Yep. Eight and four with Minnesota in '93, and then he was a backup with the Green Bay Packers, and they won a Super Bowl. He still wore his number nine Bears jersey to the White House because Bears didn't get to visit the White House that year, right after they won because of the Challenger explosion oh, in '86. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, with all that in mind, I mean, this guy, if they'd have, if he'd played, they'd probably win Super Bowls. Yeah. But he was injured, um, and it's it's a darn shame. So, I thought, you know, from 12, 13, 14, if the Texans could have had 100% healthy Brian Cushing, Mm. Oh, who played boy. the way he did in 11 and who played the way he he was playing in the first four or five games of 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then up against the Jets on Monday Night Football, Texans are 4-0. Back of his knee gets run into ACL. And then the next year he comes back, 13, at the Chiefs, middle of the season, another ACL. So <sighs> there was a stat. Evan Koch and the, the media relations crew here back then, they put together this stat, and it was in 11 and started with 12. The Texans' defense with Cushing, the Texans' defense without. And it was a stark start. It was almost a touchdown difference. Yep. I think if Cushing is around and fully healthy, you know what? Maybe that playoff game goes differently at New England. Maybe that Monday night game goes differently at New England because Bill Belichick would have had to find a different mismatch to exploit. The one he exploited was not the Texans wearing Letterman jackets, okay? (laughs) It was – it was having a, a linebacker, an inside linebacker, who had been signed, you know, middle of the season, a guy who yeah. had come off the street covering a running back or covering a wide receiver. I mean, Belichick did a masterful job, and the, yep. the Patriots got their touchdowns off that. I think it could, if Cushing's around, there's no telling how far the Texans might have gone. 
Now, you could easily say, well, what about the year before? Why don't you just put Schaub in and have – yeah, but that's kind of like super, super obvious to me. And I think if you kind of look a little bit further and think a little bit deeper, maybe this Texans – because you got to remember, in 11, Cushing was the team MVP. Yep. Not Owen Daniels, who led the team in receiving. Yep. Andre Johnson missed a lot of time. Uh, Arian Foster missed some time. They kind of tag-teamed in. You never yep. really had them all, all together. So I'm going to go with Cushing in a 12, 13, 14 stretch. What do the Texans do if that happens? I'm getting in the building in 2014, watching Cush, and he had that brace on. You could just he was he was gutting it out, doing everything he could to yeah. play, and he still made a lot of still made a lot of plays. He's the all-time leader in franchise tackle, franchise leader in all-time tackles. I think of the 13 game against Seattle. That's the one that kind of stands out to me because yeah. in that game, Marshawn Lynch is doing bubkiss zero like. Zero in that yep. game. He has that one run coming out of the end zone, and that was really it. And a large part of that was because Cushing was was awesome. Then he goes out, and then the defense sort of yeah. He he went out a couple games later. I yeah, he, yeah, he um he and, and to be fair, Cushing was not at full str- full Cushing at that point. Right, he right, was right. Coming right. off the knee injury. Right, but he was having a heck of a game in that was, Seattle game. Yeah, he went out of that Seattle game. He had the pick six in week one. You know. Yeah. So uh. I, I will have different feelings about Cushing than I think a lot of people will because of the suspensions that he yeah. had and that. I think a lot of people will look at Cushing. I'm and putting it in a vacuum, boy. yeah, player. I, player. I just think he was everything you wanted a football player to be. I mean, he was, he was nasty. He talked a little trash. He was smart. He was physical. He ran. I mean, he could run. Um, but I think ultimately he was a he was a great teammate. He was somebody that took guys. I remember when Bernard McKinney came in here in 2015, and BMAC has no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. None. Uh, BMAC learned, obviously. He had no idea. And I remember on Thursday night they had to throw BMAC out there, and Kush is spending the entire game. BMAC, you're over here. You got BGAP. Like he's the whole game, he's yeah. telling them where to go, what to do. And I think that was uh, an underrated part of Cush and his career. So I'm glad I'm glad you brought him up because I think him not being there in twelve I remember when he got when he got kneecapped by a particular Jets offensive line. I was I was furious. I was doing my, my overnight show at that point, national show, so I was in the studio watching the game, getting ready for my show, and I just as soon as I saw it happen, I was just livid because I knew what what he meant. I don't know if I have somebody for a, for a three-year period, but I have somebody for a year. And I've thought about this a lot. And I think Schaub is the easy one to go back to right. in 2011. But I would go back even further because I feel like Mario Williams in 2011 getting hurt week five, I think it was. I think – or maybe it was week six. Either way, he had had five. five sacks through five games. And you're like, okay, well, if he does that, that's 16 sacks. Okay, that, that's a good – good number but it wasn't even just the number of sacks it was how that was starting to come together up front ninja was finding uh his sea legs mario was really and there was all that talk about who he's going out to three four outside linebacker i'm like look man there isn't that big a difference right in that particular in the nfl even at that point because you're still playing a lot of nickel it's like wait it's like wade phillips said that off season going into yeah. it at a he was at an event here and somebody asked about the three four and he's like well when when three guys are down in a three-point stance, it's a three-four. We might put a fourth guy down. Right. It's a four-three. Right, and so I think Mario 
fit into it really, really well, as we all thought he w- he would. And J.J. hadn't hit his stride yet in 2011. He was still, yeah, yeah. He was still kind of learning he was a everything. Or two away. Right. So had Mario stayed healthy and Watts finding his stride, Brooks Reed got some time because Mario had yep. gotten hurt. You would have had Brooks Reed as kind of a fresh guy to rotate in at the outside linebacker spot, uh, to be there in the outside linebacker spot. But not having Mario out there in 2011, and I think about that Ravens playoff game a lot, just you know, driving around, thinking about you know playoff games and such. There were so many things that went against the Texans in that game. Of course, Jacoby headbutting the football on that one punt, just mistakes early on, and then obviously not offensively been able, being able to do a whole heck of a lot. But that defense really, A, kept them in the game, and B, if you have Mario, does it change even that much more on the defense? Yeah. Um, and what you're able to do, you're, you're not facing Lamar Jackson, you're facing Joe Flacco. I'm not going to tell you he's a statue, but he's a statue. So if you would have and, Mario and I'll say this, man. in that time. Joe oh Flacco, that's one of the toughest humans I've ever seen. I was on the field for parts of that game, yeah, part yeah. of the part of the, the regular season one in October, and he got hammered. Yeah, That's the best defense the Texans have ever yeah. had. And they hammered him yeah. from all sides, all directions. And I just remember thinking, Flacco's tough. I don't know if he's the greatest ever. I don't know if he's a leader or whatever. That, that became a joke later. I know this. That guy is tougher than titanium beef jerky. I'll give you one for a three-year period. Okay. So you already gave me Mario. That's good. I gave you Mario. But this is – Wade Smith brings him up. He's the only other person I hear that brings up, what if Mario had stayed healthy? Because everyone naturally says, well, what if Shaw had been right. healthy that year? Here's one. In particular, the middle year of the three. 2017, 2018, 2019. It was the guy that we always talked about that could not stay healthy. Will Fuller, yeah. Will Fuller. Oh, yeah. Because when he was on the field – Holy bleep. Touchdowns. It was incredible what he did. And I think as you watch the Texans over those three years and, and you know, Deshaun is, you know, going through his growth period there, everybody thought, oh, he was going Hopkins, he was going Hopkins. Deshaun really had a connection with Fuller. Yeah. Fuller was a guy he really wanted to go to. And you started to see that a little bit in 2017, but he can't really stay healthy throughout the year in 17. But the middle year was 18. That was the year. And I'll never forget that Thursday night game against the Dolphins and Brock's playing quarterback for the, the Dolphins. And it kind of starts off a little a little shaky. You know, the Dolphins, I, there was, I think there was a turnover early. But then all of a sudden, it was the game went to a different level. You know, Hop has that catch on the far sideline where he kind of trapped it between his legs. Mm-hmm. And they called him for OPI. And it was like after that, wow. Fuller had the long 73-yard bomb. He had another touchdown catch for a bomb, and that was the one where he tore his ACL. I'll never forget going in the locker room to get my, my post-game interview. I happened to see John Perry, who's now the offensive coordinator at Sam Houston. He was the receivers coach, mm-hmm. and he was kind of shaking hands, and I just said, Johnny, and he turned around, and I just kind of put my hands up like, what do you know? And he just looked at me, shook his head, and I'm like, oh, no. He played That's so- the year. That's the year, 2018. That's the one because – Seven games. You only beat seven beat games. Philly, beat – I don't know, beat one of those teams, not lose to, to Indianapolis, keep the streak going. You just got to win one to get the home field, get the bye, mm-hmm. and get home field in the divisional playoff round. Now, you're probably going to have to play the Patriots yep. at home in the divisional playoff round. But if you have Will Fuller on the 18 squad, I'll go against anybody in 18. Four. I don't care who it is. I'll go against anybody in 18 with Will Fuller completely Four, four touchdowns in seven games Jeez. in 18. He had seven touchdowns. He started 10 games that year, but they weren't all – all those starts weren't with Watson. I think right. if, if 
can't remember the numbers, but if he's if you're just taking into account starts with Watson, that number kind yep. of per game rises. And then I didn't realize this in 19. He only had he played in 11 games. Yeah, only had three touchdown catches. But when you brought him up, I thought initially, okay, well, 16 games apiece. I think it's I don't think it's based on what he did. Crazy to say you could probably slot in 36 touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, there's he was just the such a weapon. I, how many teamed up with? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many did you lose with him not being on the field at that point? I mean, he and and you know, it's funny. I had a conversation on a podcast last night about Frank Gore, and Frank Gore came to the NFL with two or three ACL tears, mm. and there was always a quote, well, "How durable is he going to be?" He right. gets the NFL and he played forever. You know, he played like as long as a teenager. It was ridiculous. Will Fuller had never been hurt at Notre Dame. Got to the NFL and they could never stay healthy, so it was just you. You never know about those particular things, but for that three-year stretch, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, yeah, that dude was unbelievable. And it was all spurred on by me texting this guy about a month ago about yeah. Jim McMahon because the guy never played more than fourteen games in a season. Never started. He started thirteen his second year in eighty-three with the Bears. And I don't know going back to BYU if I don't know if he was injury-prone or not, but. Dang, he was one of those BYU quarterbacks that lit it up with Lavelle Edwards back in the day. You know, the the Bears, you know, there's a 30 for 30 on the 85 Bears. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they talked about how they got to where they were, how they were yep. built, basically, and then talked about that season, how special it was. Every single guy that they interviewed said the exact same thing, that Jim McMahon's inability to stay healthy. Now, they were a little bit, they were a little bit more bitter about it because – they felt like McMahon could have changed his style of play a little bit to stay healthier. Yes, but in '86, it's one of the dirtiest plays. Oh and yeah, yeah. He yeah. got he basically got body slammed yeah. after yeah. the play By away Packer, from the play. Which yeah, I mean, I'm was... very proud of. But yeah, you're exactly. There was but, nothing you could do about that. But, yeah, but yeah. his style of play led to him dove head first, and missing games and things like that. And and whenever I think of Jim McMahon, the he's kind of the same, but the polar opposite in some sense. I think of Fitzy. Yeah, their style of play was very, very, mm-hmm. very similar. Now they couldn't be more different, right? But their style of play was very similar, and so you never knew what he was going to be able to do. You knew the guys were going to rally around him. He was going to be a great leader, and there was going to be a play that he was going to make during a game where you went, "Whoa, how did he do that?" But there was also that thought of, you know, Fitzy's going to dive head first on this run when he should just slide. Why did he try to take on that linebacker? I think the, the game I, I think of a lot. I mean, obviously, 2014 against the Colts, he dives and he hurts, breaks his foot. But in 2015 against us, when he's now with the Jets, he's bringing the Jets back, and he scrambles, and he gets to about the two or three yard line, and he dives head first in the end zone, and he gets clocked. Yeah, I just remember seeing him, and then his helmet pops off, and beard's all askew, and I'm like. Fitzy, just go down. Right. Hand it to your running back on the next play. Like I, he just had that spirit about him that he was. That's just the way he played, and they never could curtail that. The Bears would actually, as they interviewed those Bears players from the '85 team, because they were asked, "Why didn't you? Why did you only win one? Why did you win one? Because that team was so good and and so built to succeed for a long time. Every single one of them was like McMahon got hurt. Yeah, McMahon got hurt, and I think it was either Hampton or McMichael that essentially said he got hurt because he played like a dummy. <laughs> it's probably like, McMichael, yeah. Yeah, it's probably McMichael because yeah. he was pretty honest about it. But they, they, a lot of felt that way. But they all loved him. They, they absolutely At loved him, and that's why they were so frustrated with him. 
that he wouldn't change his style of play because they knew how valuable he was. And maybe the numbers would be off a little bit, but I guarantee had he played, they would have had another championship at least. No doubt. Anyways, if you can't tell, we kind of are big fans of the 85 Bears, even though we're Bear. Texans. It's one of the best teams of all time. One of the most, I think it's the most colorful team of all time. I can't say I was a fan. I was. I was a Packers fan growing up, so I, I wasn't a big fan, but you couldn't miss them. They had personalities bigger than life. Well, I mean, and especially – so, Oilers fan growing up. Oilers weren't on TV a lot because oh, they didn't yeah. sell out in those years. They weren't good yet. They hadn't done the run and shoot yet. So, they were – it was in between Love You Blue and the run and shoot, and they were they were losing. So And the TV rules were different back then. That they, if you didn't have a sellout, you couldn't play it on TV yeah. locally. And so, so, you didn't see them. You only saw road games, and then – the Bears were on every week, yes. and they were the marquee game, so you saw them a lot. Anyways, this has been an In the Lab. We hope you enjoyed it. We uh, look forward to doing it again next week. For John Harris, I'm Drew Doherty, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching here on YouTube.